Hi there, I'm your host Kate. I grew up in Seattle, Washington around friends that were entrepreneurs or had parents that were. Throughout my different ventures, I came to a realization that I enjoy talking to people about their careers and listening to their inspiring stories. One day, I thought to myself, why not record these conversations and make it into a podcast? So here we are, and now these stories are available to you with the hope that you'll also find them inspiring. On today's episode, I get to chat with Linda, a serial entrepreneur in the food and beverage industry. I'm fortunate to have been able to spend time with Linda with her wholesome Hawaiian hospitality and see with my own eyes what drives her, which is food. She often thinks of an idea that she's passionate about and then goes for it and has succeeded time and time again. Passion motivates her because she's come out of retirement three times to air quote work just because she loves it and not because of money is your full-time job right now just teaching those uh, like the Hawaiian style cooking classes mm-hmm. that's an interesting question because it actually um is a full-time job is doing the mm-hmm. Hawaiian style cooking classes however mm-hmm. it wasn't meant to be it was supposed to be I don't know if you remember in conversation when you took the class but this I this is actually my third time out of retirement to do something <laughs> that I love. So I have, yes, I have retired three times and this is the third time out of it to do these cooking classes. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to give you one point in life that has always worked for me. I do things because I have a passion for them and that when that I have that passion um, and really good ideas to back it up, it becomes financially successful. So I find a lot of the younger generation, I might be kind of going off on a tangent here, but I find a lot of the younger generation um, are just looking to make money. But, you know, like you, you were talking, you and I were talking earlier about you could go the corporate life way and you would be probably very settled and you have a really good, you know, retirement plan and everything. But are you happy? Are you, do you have a passion for that? Is that what you want to do for the rest of your life? So I have found many passions and it's always been in the food and beverage industry, but because I have such a passion and I work really hard at it and uh, you know do my research and they've become financially successful. So that is the number one thing is really enjoy what you're doing. And then it doesn't feel like that four letter word, which is work. (laughs) So that's that's what I always tell the younger generation, but I have to tell you this too. Okay. Ready? Remember you were saying, is this my, my main source of income or whatever it is. Um, However, uh, during the pandemic in 2020, uh, the first like six months I got, I know it sounds weird, but I kind of bored of just surfing twice a day. So I would get up and go do some surf and come back and, you know, do whatever in the house and go surf again. And there was, really wasn't much else you could do because you couldn't hang out outside or you couldn't really do anything. Uh, but we were allowed to go into the ocean and, and enjoy the ocean here in Hawaii. So I came out of retirement again. 
And I called up my first apprentice that worked for me for the Hawaiian style cooking classes. And I called her up and said, hey, you know what? I'm kind of bored. And she has a lot of energy like me. Um, she goes, me too. I'm going out of my mind. I can't work. Uh. So I said, I've got this great idea. And she's an amazing baker. And she just graduated from Casey's Culinary School here. And uh, she's from Osaka, Japan. And I said, you know what? We need we need some good Japanese baked goods because here in Hawaii, we have a huge, you know, Asian community um, and Japanese baked goods just are not as sweet as like American stuff. Open an online bake shop. We don't have to have any overhead really because mm -hmm. we don't have to have, you know, a storefront or anything. And um, I have other restaurants here in Hawaii. So we just um, will sign off as a commercial kitchen and use that. And we have like almost zero overhead. We just print up some business cards and just see if people, you know, put it on social media. And guess what? Mm -hmm. It's do doing really well. And we have a storefront. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, so that's my yeah. other time thing. I don't really do the baking anymore. Mm -hmm. I did in the beginning. So that's the secondary business and, and it's going well. And I told her because, you know, I'm 20 years older than her. I said, look, uh, when I'm too old and I can't, it's, it hurts too much to walk around and do these cooking classes. Uh, you're going to help me retire. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> the bake shop. Yeah. <laughs> if you have an idea, you kind of just run with it. Has that always been your. It literally strategy? is my <laughs> MO. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So my first one was I was 23 years old here in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii. And um, at the time, this was almost, you know, 30 something years ago. Um, we didn't have any Starbucks, coffee bean or TV for any major coffee players on the island. And so um, having grown up in Washington state um, and just having accessible ability to all kinds of fantastic coffee. Um, I started a little coffee business in Waikiki and it did so well that within the next three years, I was uh, helping other people open coffee shops. And a lot of those are still around by the way. Um, and then I moved on from there. Uh, we didn't have a spice shop on the island. So I went ahead and opened a spice shop and it did really well and I sold that one. And then um, we opened a um, a tiny little burger joint that was about 400 square feet about two years after I opened the spice shop. And we did that because Burger King had been getting voted best burger in Hawaii for the, the prior five years. And I thought, wow, that's really sad. <laughs> burger King is getting voted best burger in Hawaii. So I said, let's just build a burger joint. And we did. And now we have 30 of them. We have national and also international. So we have international license agreements, which are a little bit different. And then the ones that were on the mainland and some of the ones here are, um, are, are franchised. And then we have at least a dozen that are corporately owned. And then years oh, later, mm -hmm. even though I retired again, the second time, um, I opened a fish taco shop because it was driving me crazy that we have some of the freshest fish here on the island and nobody was selling fish tacos. And I thought, this is nuts. So I opened a small place down the street called South Shore Grill. And I had that for five years and then I sold it and it's still around and doing really well. It's um, been 16 years with the new owner. Let me ask you this. Um, did you go to school for food and beverage? Nope, I went to school for elementary education and uh, performing arts. 
<laughs> and then how did one day you all of a sudden decided you want to do food and beverage? Or is that the first job you went directly yes, into? Yes, it was definitely the first job. When I was 15 years old, mm-hmm. I got my learn- uh, worker's permit early. And I worked at a place called Taco Time in Seattle, down at Alki Beach. Oh, I and love Taco Time. Me too, right? I know. I wish there was some more around in the nation, but I know it's so much better than Taco Bell, right? Yes, I the know. crispy burrito is what it's I always bomb. get. Yes, that's my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've wrapped millions of those. So, anyways, I worked there, and then throughout, you know, going throughout high school and also all through university, I either worked inside restaurants, either waiting tables, in the kitchen, um, hosting, uh, bartending, cocktailing, and that's how I paid my way through college. And then when I uh, came to Hawaii in my really early 20s, um, I was teaching school using my degree, actually. Um, And then that coffee idea just hit me because it just was killing me that I couldn't just go anywhere and just you know, get an espresso mm-hmm. or a latte or something. So um, yes, that. And then um, I know, I have to tell you, I knew absolutely nothing about business. I'd never taken a business class in my entire life. Um, I actually am not very good at math. <laughs> um, so I, that's still amazing because one of the things that prevent people from starting their own businesses is the fear of failing. And even though you didn't have the business education um, you went ahead and researched it and got your business started. That's the thing is like uh, the feel, the fear of failure. Um, I don't really think that I have that. Um, <laughs> and, and, no, and Catherine, let me tell you, I have failed. I failed plenty things in my life, but, um, I only feel like it's really failing if you don't take those failures and turn them and, and like, you know, make sure you don't repeat those mistakes and turn them into um, positives for being successful. So that's the only reason I feel like that's I'm failing. Like, yeah, I made some mistakes and whatever. And, and but I, I learned from them and next next go around. Um, I applied that and it turned into successes. My failures turned into successes. So that's how yeah. I look at it. I just think that a lot of people have that mm-hmm. fear of failing. And I just think that like, and I mean, I'm sure you've heard this only a zillion times in your life, but who wants to be like 80 and feeling so burdened by regret of not trying? That's, right. I guess that's how I look at it. Yeah. And I just want to be like, I'd rather just try and fail and mm-hmm. learn from my failures than never try and just, have, just live with regrets. So at this point, you started your first um, coffee shop and you didn't have any business background. Did you save up to start a shop or no, did you I, borrow from friends and family? You know what I did? I um I had no money because you know I was a school teacher. I made almost nothing. And um I literally took out every single credit card that came my way, but I did cash advances on them. And you know that cash mm-hmm. advances are like 25% interest. Um yes, at least it was very back high then. interest. Yeah. And I did it anyway. I took out every, like if they would only let me take out 3000, I would take out 3000 that and have 25% interest charges on that. So that's how I actually did it. And everyone was like, you are so crazy. And I said, yeah, I know. And I probably don't know what I'm doing. And, and I said, but I just really believe in this. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to tell you that the first, um, you well, know, more the first- than anything you believed in yourself. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was really strange because I was trying to get into, um, I, wa- I wanted to be the first coffee cart inside of any hotel in all of the Hawaiian islands. And so I went to go talk to the food and beverage director at um, the Prince Hotel. I think it's still called the Prince down at the other end of Waikiki near Alamoana. And um, he said, you know what? we really need something in the lobby down there. That would, this actually sounds like a really great idea. And I showed him pictures of the, the thing, the cart that I had gotten made. It was beautiful and custom and brass and blah, 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 shiny. Um, and then he said, he goes, so what I'll do is let's set up a meeting for next week and come in and bring in your business plan and blah, blah, blah. And guess what? I had no idea what a business plan was. <laughs> like zero, because I'd never taken a business class. So I just right. kind of like, mm-hmm. I faked it through the meeting and then um, I called up my friends who were, you know, in business at uh, going to UH. And I said, what is a business plan? Can somebody help me? I need it by next Wednesday. Ah, I don't know what I'm doing. And they all helped me out and walked me through it. And I came up with it and went in there acting very confident. And I got in there. And uh, it was amazing. I went super, super, super broke and not knowing anything about business. And then that first year, I think I made about... Four hundred thousand dollars, and then this, and I was twenty three, and then the wow. second year, um, it bumped up to about I don't know, like seven hundred thousand dollars, and um, I was there for five years, and I was all of a sudden I was making a million dollars a year off of coffee. Yeah. You probably became a millionaire at twenty four, twenty five, then at that I, point. I guess, but I didn't even know, I didn't know what to do with the money. I didn't know how to invest it. I didn't know. And you know what? I was always one of those people because I grew up in a very financially, well, okay, I'm going to say it. We were poor. We were poor growing up. There were times when, you know, sometimes we we're not sure if there's going to be food on the table. So there was, we were financially poor but rich, rich, rich in love. My parents just taught us that even through the hard times, there's love and well, they're very religious. So belief in God and they'll get us through everything. And so I grew up with that and I just never, and also being from originally, I don't remember if you remember the story, but I lived on the streets of Korea when I was young. And so eating out of garbage cans and just living on the streets with other homeless kids and coming from all of that, I just never knew now that I was finally making some money, I didn't know if it was all going to be taken away from me again. Right. I would literally like hoard money. Like I would take the money and I would put it in um, garbage bags and hide it in my closet. Cause (laughs) I'm serious. I didn't know if like tomorrow it would be all gone, Right. you know, like I have to start all over Mm -hmm. again. At least I was like, creating a little nest egg for myself to, to start something else up. Yeah. So I did that for a few years until I really um, was confident enough in the business that I was doing to know that, Hey, if I do lose this, I'm smart enough. I can do something else or build another one. So, yeah. So that's when just a few years later, I was helping other people build their businesses too. It sounds like this business took off and then after that, did you start other businesses pretty soon? Yeah. So I think within three years, I was helping three years of the coffee business. So I must have been, what, 26 or something. And I was um, helping other, I was being paid to help other people start theirs. Um, and then, How did you get into that 
were you just well, having your friends and so it's like, funny hey, because mm-hmm. I think after like two years I finally two years of working 365 days a year uh, not taking one day off um, I think I felt relaxed enough to where I want I needed a break I wanted to uh, go visit my family in Seattle so um, my boyfriend at the time was who you know, I eventually ended up marrying. Um, we took a trip to Seattle and we only trusted our really, really good friends. Our, and it's really funny, but now um, it's his business partner of 30 years with the burger places. Wow. But anyway, I trusted him and his wife um, to run my coffee shop. And when they were running it for the two weeks we were gone, when we came back and he's he's got a really good business head, um, does a lot of investing and stuff. And he's, he said, you know... I was calculating all the money you were making and the percentage you were making off coffee beans and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Bree and I were talking and we were wondering if we could pay you to help us set up <laughs> these ourselves. <laughs> and so that's actually what happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, so you got your first client, consulting yeah. client. Yeah. Yes. And then they told other people and then I consulted other people and helped them get things built and taught them how to be a barista and like all this kind of stuff. And then um, I think it was like one year after that. So I think I was 27 um, when, uh, 27 or 28, when I started the, the spice shop and that was only supposed to be like a retail store. Um, in this brand new little strip mall that uh, was built um, right on the side of Diamond Head. Uh, But within three months, I guess restaurants and hotels heard about it. And so they had me blending. I had all of a sudden 80 different hotel and restaurant clients, uh, chefs and and kitchens that were asking me to blend them proprietary spice blends for their kitchens. And then because I I had about 120 loose leaf teas and I blended teas and also coffee roasts, um, I was blending teas for like the Cher to Moana Surf Rider Tea Room, other tea places, and then um, coffee roasts for fancy restaurants because they wanted their own proprietary blends too. So yeah, all of a sudden I was doing 80 wholesale clients as well as the retail store. Um, that's incredible how, how did you learn all this how do you learn to make coffee how did you learn to make spices and teas and all that so with the coffee um you know I only drank it when I was living in uh in the Pacific Northwest but then when um I was interested in opening it um I remembered that a good childhood girlfriend of mine her sister worked at the original Nordstrom's outdoor um coffee cart downtown Seattle Mm -hmm. and she'd been a barista at that point for about eight years and I said hey I'm gonna call see if she would take like an entire full paid Hawaiian vacation as long as she (laughs) she trained me three hours a day on how to be the top barista and she did she came over for two weeks and we trained every day for a few hours a day and the rest of the time she got to play and surf and all this kind of stuff and that's how I learned with the spices, same thing. I didn't know. Well, I've always known just because I've always, you know, been in the food and beverage industry. But um, I just started researching everything and buying all these books and how to make the best Cajun blends, how to do, you know, whatever East African blends. Like so, that I just taught myself. <laughs> yeah. I um, I'm just really impressed by it because uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but at, at that time when you started, I don't believe Google was like no. Yeah, so I just bought a lot, a lot of books back in back in the day. Borders and Barnes and Noble was really popular. I'm 
Are you too old or too young? No, I, okay. I, 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 <laughs> I definitely grew up with it, but okay. yeah, they did close up a lot of locations. Yeah, we don't have any here, but anyway, so I would just go there and I would just browse and look in the, the food section and just look up every possible thing. I took a few trips to like um, San Francisco and then also Seattle, you know, at the uh, Pike Place Market. How did you transition from creating these stores like coffee shops and your spice store to just learn teaching um Hawaiian style cooking oh to teaching the classes okay so you know it's been a total of like 40 years yeah 40 years in the food and beverage industry because I just turned 55 a few days ago and I started when I was 15 so wow wow (laughs) well you started really young and you retired really young so what age were you when you retired the first first time time? I retired was I think I was about 32 but that wasn't like full retirement I just knew that I needed a break from the food and beverage industry because it's it's a lot it takes sometimes you're working 20 hours a day and sometimes for years on end and all holidays and everything so I took a break for a couple years and um and then I regathered myself and then uh my now ex-husband he um asked if I could come back and help because he wanted to do international licensing agreements which is like international franchises and so I helped with that and then would travel around the world and open up you know uh, Teddy's Bigger Burgers in Japan and Thailand and Philippines and all these places. And then um, and then once he got a crew of his like, you know, regional managers from all the Teddy's over here in Hawaii as like traveling and opening crews, um, I, I again retired. But during that retirement, I think I was about 36 or so. And um, during that retirement for about two and a half years, um, I decided I wanted to get paid for doing something that I love. So it didn't really feel like work again. See, it always goes back to that, right? Yeah, so mm-hmm. I traveled around for two and a half, almost three years actually um, on privately owned mega yachts. Um, and so I came like the <laughs> south of France and the Malfi mm-hmm. Coast in Italy and Tahiti, Fiji, Central America, everywhere. Um, and so that's where I've really gathered a lot of my knowledge of different kinds of foods and flavors and, and techniques. Mm-hmm. And then I brought them all back to Hawaii um, to uh, use them the way that, you know, I want to use them with our local and fresh ingredients and our different kinds of seafood here. So sorry, flash forward to um, how I did the cooking classes. The last time I retired, I was traveling for about eight years, just everywhere I ever wanted to go. So India and and Italy, I want to see the Coliseum and uh, Angkor Wat in Cambodia and every single place in the entire world I went, I took cooking classes. And even though I didn't learn like tons and tons of new things or techniques, it was just amazing because I felt like it was the fastest way I could immerse myself into someone's culture is yeah. through their food, being invited mm-hmm. into their home and seeing how they live. And I just thought this is just the most amazing experience. And every single person who was in the class with me felt the same way. And I thought I was kept on Googling it and nobody was doing it in Hawaii. And I thought, gosh, if I'm enjoying this and every single person I ever meet is enjoying this, why wouldn't they come to it if I did it in Hawaii? And sure enough, after about eight years and, you know, just vacillating back and forth, like, do I want to come out of retirement? Because I had really enjoyed being retired. <laughs> and so yeah. I rebuilt my kitchen, remodeled my kitchen. And um, I just thought best case scenario, 
people will come to the classes. Um, worst case scenario, look at my kitchen. I put it, I put everything yeah. in there that I've ever wanted in a dream kitchen. So yeah. I so know. Your kitchen is my dream kitchen. The, <laughs> the oven, the I know. <laughs> I know. So yeah, so that's how I actually built it. It's because of my love of taking cooking classes yeah. worldwide. Okay. So I just want to confirm it. You, uh, upon retirement, you were cooking on private yachts. And that's when you originally started learning the cooking skills? Nope. I originally started cooking um, for my family. I think I was doing family meals by the time I was seven. I just love food. And I have one of those, I think I have one of those palettes that are like, I try something and then I break it down and then I can go home and recreate it. Wow, really? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, that I never really, a special, yeah, that's a special gift for sure. Yeah, I don't really think about it that often, except for my girlfriend just reminded me of that like yesterday. She's like, <laughs> she's like, you literally, like, I wouldn't even know what spice that was. And then you just go ahead and put, you know, whatever, star anise yeah. in it, you know that that's it. <laughs> and then you came back, started the cooking classes. And then since, since then, you've retired again but now you do the cooking class um full-time yes okay yes. so really it was just word of mouth and then a little bit on like Facebook and Instagram um but it was word of mouth um and then they would just tell their friends so originally it was just like I think I started in I want to say it was a uh, fall of 2017, I think. And um, I thought, you know what, this is going to be fun. It'll be like some ladies luncheoning on a Saturday and they just pick a cuisine and, you know, they'll drink wine with their food and and it'll just be a fun like two, three hours. Um, And so the first, I think the first two months, uh, I had about two or three classes a week and they were like, you know, five to eight people maybe and um they would just pick a cuisine and and I you know lay out the menu and and all my classes are hands-on so they you know start to finish can make three or four dishes and then sit down and eat them and then um literally I think third month I was booked seven days a week and I have no idea how that just boomed but I guess people googled it Oh, and okay. um, I was going to ask, did you market your company? No, nothing. So people Googled it. And when you punch in cooking classes in Honolulu, I'm the, I was like the only one that came up. And I think that's why I just got booked so fast. And it was yeah. actually too much. And I was getting like, it's crazy because I have to, you know, do all the cleaning and vacuuming and mopping and setting tables and napkins and laundry and two loads of dish, dishes, <laughs> sharpened knives. Yeah, it's a lot shop. of physical work. Yeah. And shop for every single class every day. And so it was just too much. And so I finally hired somebody to, to make me a nice website um, and then actually hired. And they also offered to do all the bookings. And I'm like, yay. So because I was spending hours a day just talking to people and explaining what the class was like and, and all that kind of stuff. And and that was getting irritating <laughs> just because it's hours yeah. out of my day, right? Mm-hmm, right? And so, yeah, so to have someone take care of all of that and then I can just focus on being an instructor and having people enjoy a class, you know? If, if there was someone today that wanted to start um, setting up their business, is there like five bullet points or grocery list 
techniques that you would share? I think, I mean, it's kind of like, well, especially with all of our restaurants and even actually my house um, and doing the type of business that I'm doing, I'm going to say like, you really, you really need to think about location, location, location. And I know that real estate agents always say that kind of stuff too, but it really uh, does mean a lot. Like for my particular business, if I did this out of like, say some dark, small condo, I don't think that I'd be as successful. The fact that my house mm-hmm. is like wide open and I built this ginormous kitchen and it's got views of like Diamond Head in the ocean. I mean, it all adds to the experience this particular business. And then like our storefronts, we can't just have them in the back of whatever, um, some shabby little place. We need to be like out front and exposed and near other um, businesses that have the same kind of demographic of customer, right? So like we've always been near like um, Starbucks or Jamba Juice because that was generally the, the demographics of, of the customers that came into our businesses. So okay. same, yeah, so there's that. And then always be um, aware that financially you should be able to, if you have an overhead, say of like a lease rent or something like that, you really should have six months to a year of extra money to pay that in case you're not up and rolling and, and um, bringing in as much money as you think you know, should be coming in. So financially, you need to be ready for that too. Yeah, especially in the food and beverage industry. I mean, failure rate is over 90%. You must have a passion for what you're doing uh, Mm -hmm. because then you want to be more knowledgeable about it. The more knowledgeable about it, then you'll be more successful, right? So don't do things just for money. Now, how did you know like you were passionate in it versus, hey, this is just a, like a hobby? Because that can you know, be a different. Make yeah, change. yeah. I think it's because um, so many times in my life, I've tried to get out of the restaurant business or the you know food and beverage industry, mm-hmm. and I feel like a <laughs> I feel like Scarface. It's like I I try to get out, and they keep sucking me back in. But <laughs> I think it's because I must still really love it. Because even when I say I'm so over this and over employees and over all this. And then in my brain, all I'm thinking about is, you know, we really need fish tacos here. And, you know? and so I know that my brain is still like really passionate about the industry. And so that's why I knew that this is perfect because it's still physical work, but it's in my own home. I see the look of joy on people's faces when they come because, um, you know, they want to be here, right? They paid for an experience. They paid for something like this. And so they want to be here and that makes me so happy. And then, you know, I try, I try my best to make it entertaining and everybody seems to have a really good, good time. And that just makes my day. It's like instant gratification for me. And it, it is a little bit of my past because I, you know, I used to be a school teacher. And so I kind of know how I've taught preschool through eighth grade and I kind of know how to read people and so every single class is so different it can be a mix of people it can be one group kind of need to read each person and read the room Mm -hmm. and uh you know kind of go from there yeah so yes I think it's just a mix of all the my food and beverage and teaching and it just perfectly combines to this this lovely thing that happens 
that was Linda of Hawaiian Style Cooking Class. Next time you're in a beautiful island of Oahu, consider adding her cooking class to your itinerary. It's an amazing experience, and best of all, you get to enjoy the food afterwards. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on our website at www.dayoneway.com or follow us on social media.